welcome to Worst Bestsellers, where we read about heaven's scanning machine so you don't have to. I'm Renata. And I'm Kate. And for this episode, we read Blessings from the Other Side by Sylvia Brown with Lindsay Harrison. Joining us to discuss this book of wisdom and comfort from the afterlife for this life are Sydney and Delaney from Book Cult. Hi, Sydney. Hey. And hi, Delaney. Hello. And thanks for joining us. Thanks for having us. We're very excited to talk about this wacky book. So um, just if you don't know, Book Cult is uh, the name of a podcast. It's not a literal cult that they're here from, <laughs> as far yet. as I know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes. And so Kate and I appeared on Book Cult. If you want to hear us just talking about some nonsense mostly twilight as per <laughs> usual uh and then they are smart smart people who didn't choose to only read bad books for their podcast and so sometimes they read good books but they have read some books that would qualify i think as worst bestsellers and so they also have an episode about blessings from the other side and i was like oh yeah that seems like that seems like a good one to double dip. I feel like we'd have a lot to say about that. And you guys, I was right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Let me start out by saying, well, I guess first we should do a brief content warning for suicide. <laughs> I, yeah, I guess. Death. Death. Non-nonsense. Weird. I- I feel like there probably is some like religious and cultural appropriation that I don't really feel informed enough to say a lot about, but I think that's sort of the background of it. Um, yeah, but nothing, I mean, nothing too graphic from us. Yes. Um, but I will, I will start out by saying that, when we were talking about like, oh, these are the books that you've covered that like might be good for us. Oh, let's do this one. And Renata was like, oh, it's on Hoopla Audio Abridged. And I was like, excellent. Love that for me. Downloaded it. <laughs> did not Google it. Did not read the summary. Did not do literally <laughs> anything. And I was like, oh, I got to finish this book for a podcast. And I was driving around with one of my roommates. And I was like, do you mind if I put it on? Like, she listens to books at a normal time, a normal speed. <laughs> so I was like, I'm sorry, I'm going to have to put it on like Kate speed. <laughs> and she was like, no, no, it's fine. Like, I've got other shit to do. Like, I'm not, I won't be paying a lot of attention. I was like, fine. So I put it on and I'm like, okay, I get it. Like spiritual mumbo jumbo, whatever. And I'm listening to it and, you know, she's talking about grief and I'm like, oh, okay, some of this, some of this is not bad. And then all of a sudden she's like, yeah, you know, grief is natural. You have to let people grieve, even if it feels silly, like we're all going to experience it and we really just need to like embrace it and whatever. And I'm like, yeah, okay. And then she's like, even though, of course, everyone who's dead is still here in the spiritual world, three feet above us. And I, as a medium, go to talk to them with my spiritual guide, Francine, every day. And, you know, frequently see angels. And I was like, like, both of us just stopped what we were doing. And we're like, what the fuck is this book about? (laughs) Yeah, I do feel like in a past life, I died in a car accident because I have recovered whiplash from the book. (laughs) (laughs) Like, what? 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 (laughs) After, After I heard that, I was like, 
oh, this is the psychic lady. Like, mm-hmm. I, I didn't have enough name recognition to notice it at the beginning. Just fucking downloaded it and dove into it. And then once it started, I was like, oh, shit, okay. And the whole book is like, it, it is very whiplashy. But at that moment, not knowing at all what I was getting into, I had this, like, very, like, what the fuck moment that I, I cannot I cannot replicate unless you go through the same experience, which you can't because now you know that this is a psychic lady who talks to the spirits through her spirit guide, Francine. So... See, I really thought you would know that, Kate, because, yeah, because she was on, like, uh, Montel, but also, like, she was sort of a police detective, a police psychic, rather, not a detective. Like, police-adjacent psychic in the 90s, like, pretty public, and I know... I know you're into that shit, you weirdo. <laughs> She's done a lot of famous cases. <laughs> yeah. She's done a lot of famous cases wrong, specifically. Yeah. <laughs> Once that, like, clicked, and because I, I didn't even really, like, think about her name when I was downloading it. I was just like, ah, Renata linked, linked directly to the title. I will click, it will open, and I will download. And then once she said that, like, it clicked in my head, and I was like, oh, Okay, Sylvia Brown, the the police, like, yes, I have heard about her on many murder shows. Like, it it all got there eventually, but, like, at the beginning, like, I just waited into, it was like Renata handed me a book, and I opened it and started reading it without even glancing at the cover. Oh my god. So I I knew who she was, but I still got whiplash a couple times because yeah, reading it, she goes back and forth between just sort of like some very like humane and kind and sensible, like emotional advice, and then like bonkers shit about how the afterlife is three feet above us, which I do feel like mm-hmm. is the equivalent of like how I thought about the secret a lot while reading this because of the mix of just like nonsense but then with like very specific guidelines like i feel like the three feet above us is the same as like the four to six weeks of the secret (laughs) so that that was one set of whiplash and then i had another set of whiplash because i knew book call had done an episode about this but i waited to listen to it until after i had read the book because i wanted to come in kind of fresh and then i looked in sylvia's wikipedia page and i was like ah fuck and then i listened to the episode and they went deep as well in like like you, I read this book and I walked away and I was like, oh, Sylvia Brown seems pretty chill. And then I read <laughs> Wiki and I listened to your episode and I was like, oh no, she's bad. Oh no. And she's dead. Oh no. Cause like, <laughs> I think the content of the book is largely inoffensive, but outside the book, she did a bunch of whack ass shit, like being a fake ass police psychic who said like racist and bad things a lot, a lot of times. Yeah, yeah, I was like, wow, I love Sylvia Brown. Like, I wish she was alive so I could, like, meet her. And then I was like, oh, no, I do not love Sylvia Brown. That was a bad opinion to have. She said some awful things for people. She tricks you in the book. Oh, yeah, in like, the book, I was like, oh, my God, Sylvia, like, she's crazy, but, like, she has some good points. Yeah, yeah. I don't agree with her on some stuff, but, like, solid advice from Sylvia. And then I was like, oh, just kidding. Oh, no. She's, she's a terrible person to actually ask for advice from. She will tell you your child's dead when they're not. Yeah. 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 It, once it did click to, for me, like after the initial, like, what's it? Who Angel? Psychic? What? And it clicked who it was. <laughs> like, I, like I said, like, I have, I have seen her on many a murder show. So I was like, ah, yeah, this lady. Um, <laughs> and, you know, but yeah, like it is the, the bulk of this book the part that's not about psychics 
is largely inoffensive and a lot of it is like good like good advice you know we I feel like we've been talking about grief on this show so much this year but like you know it opens with a chapter on grief and you know as we have discussed at length you know that's it's something that I am kind of dealing with in depth for the first time in my adult life and I was like oh like a lot of this really like resonates with me like I I feel like it's and you know there's a chapter on forgiveness where I was like yeah like this this feels like a really genuinely good you know there's parts in it she'll she'll there's a lot of Jesus Mm -hmm. a lot of Jesus but then like she also is like but don't like don't get bogged down in sin and guilt because like that's not that's not the way to like contentment you know like that's mm-hmm. not you can't let yourself be bogged down in guilt it's not doing anything for anyone and as someone raised catholic i was like hell yeah thank you and you know there's another part where she's like yeah like some people use the bible to tell you that like gay people are bad and i'm here to say fuck them and yeah so hearing all of that while also knowing like oh yeah this lady was also <laughs> kind of whiplashy yeah. So what I would like for us to do is as much as possible to like set aside the Sylvia outside the book. Like I would I think like up front we have this disclaimer like oh no she did bad things and we're not um necessarily like not necessarily we're definitely not like condoning her as a person, but I think like if you listen to the book call episode, which you should if you haven't, like, they went way deep into, like, Sylvia outside of the book. And I don't feel like we need to replicate that. And I think we can just say, like, yeah, don't do that. Don't, like, don't be a police psychic, basically. And especially don't be a <laughs> racist one. Um, yeah. And we don't support that. But, like, let's engage with just the text of the book that we have, if that's okay with everybody. Yeah. No, yeah, I like that. It <laughs> makes me feel better about her. <laughs> yeah. The the author is figuratively and literally dead. <laughs> True. Yep. <laughs> and not at the age she predicted. She did not predict that. No. no. One one last wrong prediction. Yeah, she died in <laughs> in 2013 at age 77. And uh, so on, apparently on Larry King Live, she predicted she would die at 88. In this book, she says she'll die in her 90s. So she kind of kept yeah. going down. Yeah, Maybe at the end, she was like, 77's it. That's good. And then the next day she died. I don't know. She reached that yeah. exit point and she was like, this is it for me. <laughs> yeah. So I think we can go chapter by. So by the way, Sylvia Brown, like, yeah, she was a police psychic or whatever. She went on a lot of shows. She had several other books and multiple times in this book, she'd be like, well, this bonkers concept, which I talked about in my other book. So I'm not going to recap it for you. And we're like, <laughs> what? What? Uh, so multiple times I did have to go and read like wiki summaries of those other books because I was like, I'm sorry, you're talking about what now? But this one is specifically about well as the title implies blessings from the other side like some of her other ones are just more about like the other side exists by the way and like here's some other stuff about past lives and so like i think her other books maybe introduce some of these concepts and this one maybe was sort of jumping in on the deep end of sylvia brown but like we're here so let's get into it the first chapter is about (laughs) grief as as kate said and actually kind of all of them are but this one is entitled grief and i think it has a lot of actually good advice in it Oh, the one other thing I want to say, too, before we start is this is just like fucking bonkers hilarious to me. I mean, not even that bonkers, just funny to me. Like I said, listening to audiobook in the car 
And in the introduction, you know, it's a lot of like, oh, like some of these meditations might not work for you. Some of this, da 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 da. Do not, if you are in the car, do not attempt to do these meditations. Do not <laughs> attempt to do these meditations while driving. Like, <laughs> if you are listening to this while driving, do not try this. And I was like, someone from legal, clearly. <laughs> and several times throughout, like when she gets to the part where it's like, close your eyes, lift your feet up from the ground. She's like, but not if you're driving. Don't do it if you're driving. <laughs> And if that was funny to me. <laughs> I mean, as someone who works in law, you need that disclaimer. <laughs> you will get sued. I'm going to look up right now. I didn't do this before we started. Her co-author is Lindsay Harrison. And I do feel like she was a lawyer or something legal because there's a lot of times where the book is just like, Da, 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 the other side in your past lives and da, da, da. and then there's like a really sensible paragraph that's like but if you're experiencing like harmful suicidal thoughts like please call the suicide hotline and please um talk to a professional and like blah 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 blah, blah. and yeah. i feel like someone i feel like this is like the other voice who's like those are my favorite parts of the book too i really appreciated those parts because she was like don't be afraid to like go to the doctor see a therapist whatever and i was like okay sylvia yeah i was like wow <laughs> rational thinking here yes you are not a doctor sylvia thank you for admitting it but that probably was Lindsay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay the top hit mm, the top hit for Lindsay harrison is a lawyer but i don't think it's this one this is like a very serious lawyer no <laughs> Um, I'm going to keep Googling this if, um, Kate or someone else would like to talk about grief. <laughs> sure. Um, so, so like I, I was saying, like a lot of the information that she does give about grief is very, it felt, you know, it, it resonated with me, a person who is dealing with grief. She talked a lot about how, like, people will grieve for things that you might think are silly. Like, yes, obviously we grieve when people pass, we grieve, you know, but we also grieve the end of relationships. You might grieve when your kids are leaving the house to go to college and suddenly you're an empty nester. You might grieve losing a job. You might grieve, you know, losing a friendship. Um, she really made a, a point of saying there's like a lot of events in life that could introduce grief into your life and that that's like totally normal. And you might think that someone is silly for grieving these things, but like they're not and keep that to yourself and don't try to turn it into, you know, the grief Olympics or, oh, you think that's bad. I've had it worse or anything like that. And, you know, the best thing that you can do is be there for them. One of the things that I was really floored because you know, it, it is something that's recommended as like one of the best things that you can do to someone who's grieving is instead of saying like, oh, like, well, I'm here if you need anything to say, like, I think that X, Y, and Z could be really helpful to you right now. Here are concrete steps you can take to do X, Y, and Z if you feel like you need to do them. And if you want to talk about it, like I'm here to talk about it with you. You know, like, here's a phone number for a support group. Here's a phone number for a counselor. Like, here's a very specific thing that I researched that might be helpful. And here it is for you if if you think that that would be helpful to you right now, which, you know, is really good advice. And then, like, literally the next paragraph, she's like, and yes, of course, I've experienced grief, even though I do use my psychic powers to talk to people who have passed on every day in the spiritual world. And, you know, have many times connected to my loved ones who have passed. And it was, it was, it was a moment of whiplash. Yeah, no, I loved it. I was like, she was like, yeah, you know, don't ask people like what you could do for them. Just like do stuff to help them survive. And I was like, that is great advice, Sylvia. That's like really smart. 
then she's like, yes. And, you know, I talk to my dead dad all the time. And, like, <laughs> I still grieve for him, even though I know he's back home, capital H. And it's like, I, I'm going to see him again. And I was like, oh, okay, well, that's a little different than what you're going on. But still great advice at the first point. Yeah. I don't see my dead relatives, but I'm good for you, Sylvia. I'm sure it's great for you. <laughs> interjection i think i found the correct lindsay harrison i found her on linkedin and she only has 142 (laughs) connections which is not that many (laughs) but she is not a lawyer she did get a bachelor's degree in telecommunicative arts from iowa state university class of 1970 which she has listed four separate ways she listed it as a bachelor (laughs) she listed as a ba she listed it as Iowa State University BA and then bachelor's degree dash Iowa State University so it's (laughs) it's in here four different ways and then her bio is I've written 28 nonfiction books and memoirs 11 of which have been on the New York Times bestseller list all caps I have also had 17 years of script writing experience including nine produced tv movies and episodic television ranging from half hour comedy to one hour drama two of my celebrity memoirs were released in 2021 so she's still going good for her uh yeah i want to know what comedy she's written i want to see those shows (laughs) i know i guess that's part of being a ghostwriter is you don't always get to say but uh one thing that is listed is uh, she wrote on the young and the restless for one year no way my mom loves that show (laughs) well if she loved it from 2013 to 2014 she did i think i've seen those episodes wow there's some drama in that season i can't wait to tell my mom um anyway so grief yeah it's chapter one. Oh, one thing i thought was wild is she also invites you to call her crisis hotline like she'll <laughs> yeah. give like actual phone numbers for like you know the suicide hotline and stuff like that but then her phone number is listed and i was like oh my gosh I, she's dead does that number still go anywhere but the answer is yes it does because her son now runs sylvia brown group incorporated and has the same phone yep. number which oh, I didn't call because I was afraid someone would answer. <laughs> I, I wish you did because I want to know, is he psychic? Can he help? Like, does he have a gift? I feel like I looked this up once when I first read my first Sylvia Brown book because my mom was like, you have to read these books. They're crazy. And I was like, okay, mom. And I read one that was about past lives or whatever. And then I looked it up because I was like, oh, my God, Sylvia, do a reading of me. That's so cool. And it, her son is in charge and I, he's psychic just like her. So he just took over. And I'm like... I don't know if I trust him as much as I would trust Sylvia, though. Yeah, I of course not. For no, reason. <laughs> no. Uh, trust trust a white man? No. <laughs> a white woman, though, for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the second chapter is the chapter that was perhaps after the first, the initial whiplash of like, oh, this is about a psych. <laughs> this is written by a psychic lady. Got it. This was the part that to me was maybe the funniest and that I was obsessed with for the rest of the whole book, Um, which is on the capital O, capital S, it appears based on the notes. I listened to the audiobook. Other side, before we go into our current lives and are born as a baby, you write your own chart, she calls it, Mm -hmm. (laughs) which is like basically like your autobiography before it happens. And then like it gets sealed away in like the archives of the other side. And then you get born as a baby and you live out this life that you have created via your chart before being born, including up to five exit strategies. (laughs) 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Between of childhood, with number one being like death in childhood and number five being like when you actually eventually will die and then like the other three are throughout your life and there are opportunities for you to die <laughs> yes and by the way this is one of the things where it's like as you know from my other book and so a lot of these was already covered in another book called life themes colon spiritual evolvement and if you look up that book, it is listed as co-authored by Francine (parentheses Spirit) and Sylvia Brown. Oh no! Oh Francine, my God. did you write this one? Damn. Yeah, this one. Her ghostwriter is literally a ghost, and it is Francine. <laughs> <laughs> and that one's from 1986, so that one is is before this one. And here's what I got obsessed with: is I was she was like, when you write your chart, there's like 44 different themes, and if you I think she's smart about being like the chart still allows for free will because, you know, you could chart a, a cut on your arm and you could just put a bandaid on it or you could choose to do nothing and then you would get gangrene and lose your arm depending on how you like. So it's a really good like psychic wiggle room that she's created of like, yes, of course, it's possible to know your chart, but then you can still fuck up your chart. Yeah. So there's 44 life themes that you can have. And the book life themes is about them and so sylvia in this one is like well my life theme is humanitarian but my secondary theme is loner and so i was like what are the other ones and it is a truly wild list of things and also one of them is psychic so i'm like if psychic is one of the <laughs> options like why isn't that what yours is sylvia but okay Not psychic, I guess. she recognizes mm. she has flaws and her psychic ability isn't as good as it could be i guess <laughs> But not that much, because one of the themes you could have is infallibility, and one of the themes is fallibility. <laughs> and, the, and the description for fallibility, there's some typos in these, so I think these are maybe generated by the lifecoachcode.com, which is where I got this list of themes. But regardless, what their description of fallibility is, is entities in this life theme have entered life with a physical, mental, or emotional handicap. Their handicaps are what make them inspire people. Helen Keller is a great example. Like, <laughs> oh my god, I want to walk into the sea. Um, again, that's not in this book. That's in another book, but she kept referring to it. I just there's a couple other of the 44 that I want to shout out. One of them is loser. Uh, <laughs> well, that's what I picked. <laughs> yeah, though born without handicaps, individuals in this theme are intensely negative. They are the martyrs who need our understanding and acceptance. So, like, wow. if you, yeah, if you are a loser because of your handicap, then your theme is fallibility. But if you are an abled loser, then you're just a loser. <laughs> <laughs> what a life chart! <laughs> One of them is poverty. Most people of this theme are found in third world countries. Oh, oh are they? How that's so funny how that works out, Sylvia. <laughs> and then it says, or they could be people who have everything they need to feel comfortable yet feel poor. Okay. I'm trying to walk that back a little bit. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> I, some of them are like normal, but some I mean normal for this concept. But some of them are those. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then the last one on the list, because it's alphabetical, the last one is winner, and that I could only hear like in Wario voice. Like, <laughs> I'm a warrior. My life theme is a weaning. <laughs> okay. Winners feel compelled to achieve. They strive to win and have this optimism that the next deal, the next job, or the next marriage will be the best. <laughs> Yeah, it's it 
it's just it, the whole like I was like I need to know so much more about this like and it's like oh and of course you know the your life charts are kept in like your the fucking heaven archive hall and you can go and visit them like as a psychic like you can go there but like you can't ever see yours but you can see other people's and that's how psychics can tell what's going to happen to you is because they go to like you know the basement of heaven's archive room or whatever and they look up your name and pull out your scroll of your chart (laughs) and read it but you can't you can't look at your own which is why you know but then at the same time she predicted her own death so but predicted it wrongly so you know maybe she shouldn't have tried she didn't know (laughs) she's trying to cheat well she couldn't read her own chart yeah Yeah. i mean i guess i can't blame her for being wrong (laughs) see this is what i mean like she is really good at like perfectly threading the needle of giving herself like enough authority like yes i can definitely read your chart and tell you all your like life exit points but however there's plenty of loopholes for like things to go awry and that's not my fault that's God's fault. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it is. It's just like wild. Like, I love this concept of being like, yes, like before you're born, you write yourself a choose your own adventure novel. Yeah. And then <laughs> once you're out living your life, like at any point you could turn to page 56 and that's the end. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I believe me and Delaney compared it to The Sims. Like you could set yes. up your Sims personality traits, <laughs> yeah. um, but then you could just drown them in a pool if you really want to. <laughs> Or set them on fire. It's whatever. <laughs> so many options. Mm-hmm. No free will for the Sims. <laughs> so yes, the your life charts, life charts. Love that. That was my main takeaway from this book. Was this choose your own adventure concept? Love it. <laughs> See, I felt differently. I was like, man, I hate myself for choosing this. Why did I not make it better? Why am I not rich? I could have chose that. <laughs> like, I sucked for doing this to myself. <laughs> it made me think too of, as all things do, of the secret, where I think this is like one degree less victim blamey than the secret because the secret is very much like if you're not rich and successful, it's only because you're not thinking hard enough because that is the only secret to success is like just think about it and then you'll do it. And if you're not doing it, you're not thinking hard enough and fuck you. And <laughs> she, Sylvia Brown, at least is sort of like, well, you know, if your life theme is poverty, then maybe um, the reason is because you're trying to like teach yourself a lesson about like what you really need to be happy, which is still victim blamey and still like bad, but it's like a better to me, a better version of it than the secret. Although again, still not good. Yeah. Well, yeah, I was thinking like racism and stuff like, oh, but if it's your choice to be a person of color, then. Like, that just makes it a whole, there's a, it gets really iffy if you think into it, like, I'm sorry, you can't be mad about homophobia, you chose to be gay. Like, that's a whole, (laughs) if you choose everything in your life, it gets pretty iffy about, like, people being shitty to you, like, well, it's on you then, because you chose that, like, what? Well, and from what I understand in her other books, she kind of goes into, like, the other side more, and the Hall of Records or whatever, And it's kind of like every new life, you choose new challenges for yourself to like better your soul until you've experienced like every single type of life. And then you can like 
Yeah, but do be you get better for know. experiencing racism? No. Like, what's with that? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I will say this. I will say this as a gay person. Like, I would hate to be straight. Like, even with homophobia <laughs> existing in the world, like, no offense, but I, no, I, feel it. <laughs> I, I would hate to be straight. <laughs> so <laughs> I would yeah. choose this for myself every time. I mean, I'm barely a person of color, but even then I'm like, please don't ask me if I was born here. I'm obviously, yes, I'm mostly white. Like, <laughs> I don't need you to ask me where I'm from. I don't, I mostly, I'm so pale for my ethnicity. Please stop. Like, why? <laughs> I wouldn't choose this. <laughs> why wouldn't I want to be rich and white and like a Kardashian? I don't get it. <laughs> I'm much <laughs> myself. It's the experience. Oh, I'm experiencing <laughs> normal, I'm experiencing being Lower middle class, great. <laughs> great. <laughs> yeah. Well, the next chapter is about cell memories. Well, it's about past <laughs> lives, but then cell memories, which sounds like scientific enough for me to be like, oh, interesting. And then be like, no. Uh, <laughs> and so specifically, like my big takeaway from this is that she'll ask people about their past lives and they'll always be like, oh, and then in one life I like died by hanging because I was a witch. And then she'd be like, oh, and do you have a birthmark? And they'll be like, yeah, I have a six-inch long skinny birthmark wrapped around my neck. And she's like, aha. And I'm like... Got it. (laughs) And she is so, like, faux scientific about it because she's like, obviously if I asked about a birthmark at the beginning of the session, they might concoct something. But I always ask about birthmarks at the end and it always matches up. And I'm like, okay. I guess. Yeah, I think she says she has 98% accuracy with yeah. that. Yeah, it's 98% accurate. And the idea came from a doctor, not her. A doctor. Yeah. So, <laughs> science. It mostly just made me, in a very predictable turn of events, think a lot about stone tape theory, <laughs> which is, um, which is, it's a type of theory around like, ghosts and hauntings where stone tape haunting is um where something gets a terrible event happens and that event gets recorded in the the surroundings so it's not like a like a conscious ghost it's not like a poltergeist or like casper being like ah yeah like i recognize that it's 2022 and i'm interacting with my surroundings it's just almost like a recording of whatever terrible event happened that has was so terrible that it like etched itself into the stone and a, a remnant of it remains. I don't know that I actually believe in ghosts. I just know a lot about ghost-related things, I should say, off the bat. But yes, that's what I can The whole time I was just like, this would be more interesting if it was about stone tape theory. And it wasn't. So now, <laughs> so now I have made it more interesting for those of you listening by instead telling you about stone tape. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I mean, it sounds more scientific than, yeah. you know, wherever you died last or... In the past, you have a mark from it or a, a pain in your body. Like- it's just so convenient. She's like, oh, yeah, this lady, she uh, had all this asthma or whatever. And then it turns out in her past life that she was hanged or whatever. And obviously, that's what happened. And after I revealed that to her, she never had that asthma anymore. It was crazy. Which Jason, is why you know? I want to sh- – I could have met Sylvia Brown. I have back pain. I want to know, like, what did someone – stab me in the back or like what happened to me i want it gone sylvia tell me and then <laughs> do I you have be- a birthmark no 
the funniest funniest part about the asthma thing to me was that it was like a four-year-old child and she was like and I did a past life regression with that four-year-old child and she told me that in her past life her name was so and so so and so and that she had this job and she did this and she did that I'm like (laughs) really a four-year-old told you that like I know I know some (laughs) four-year-olds yeah here's um here's a direct quote Children and animals, who are the most psychic beings on Earth, routinely see and react to spirits, gloriously unaware that traditional society thinks there's something inappropriate or suspect about that behavior. <laughs> and that's why I'm afraid of kids. <laughs> Can't trust them. They see stuff. They see stuff. They know too much. <laughs> yeah, when my dog looks in a corner, I'm like, what are you looking at? You can Nothing's see the there. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't want to see spirits. I'm good. Yeah, so, like, she also has multiple books about past lives and stuff like that. So this is another chapter where it's just, like, basically, like, for more on this, please read my other books. But just to catch you up, like, yeah, you have past lives and they're fucking you up now. Anyway. And there's also, we got, so my roommate and I got into a whole conversation in the car about, like, you know everyone so her whole kind of thing is that like yeah like you are on the other side and then it's like your turn to like return you write out your chart and you go back to earth to be a person and then of course once you're born as a person you start to forget all of your past lives and stuff but like she'll be like yeah and then like when you go back to the other side like you reunite with like all of your loved ones and it's like okay but if people have lived hundreds of thousands of lives I have some questions about who your loved ones are. <laughs> everyone. Everyone is you. Also, it's like the population keeps growing. So are new people being made? Like, what's up with the amount of spirits? Well, and I think she goes over it later, but everyone in their past life is 30. So I'm like, yes. what? That, yeah, I do that. have a problem with that. I want to be able to take my age in the past life. But what if you died as a baby? How are you going to be 30? Because you get a, you're always 30. You're always 30. Don't question it. But like, what 30? Like, what if I was 30, but in like the 1500s where 30 is like pretty bad? Or like, am I 30 now where I'm like, look the same as I do now, 26? Like, I want to know what 30 I am. (laughs) Yeah. Do you get to choose which life at 30? Yeah. I don't want to be like 30 from the 80s. (laughs) That's not looking great. Yeah. I don't want to have shoulder pads. I don't. (laughs) Yeah. And like, your ghost, like, it does wear clothes and have hair because she'll describe like, oh, people will talk about seeing like my spirit guide with like dark hair or yeah, like her brain. Well, yeah, her long, long dark, dark brain. brain. Yeah. Yeah. I wanna like I just wanna know, do you get a pick? Or do you have to which thirty? Like, I wanna know what clothes I'm wearing. I wanna look good. If I'm gonna be spirit forever. Why but can't it be 21? Isn't there also a point where she says, like, if you meet a relative, they'll change to the age where you recognize them yes, also? Because so you'll it's be like, like, you won't know. What you're like, are. Grandpa, what? You're, you're not 30. 30. <laughs> I would recognize my grandpa when I was, he was 30. But I would not. He looks scary, so I don't think I'd want to see him. Like, Yikes. <laughs> <laughs> he was a very buff, very scary man. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, my grandpa was in prison for a while. He didn't look great from there. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it sounds like he probably charted like a real learning experience for himself there. Oh, he did. He learned how to steal cars very well. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. Um, So, I mean, look, his life theme definitely wasn't loser, it sounds like. That's to me, that's to me, that's winner behavior. (laughs) Yeah, he's definitely a winner. And then he ended up with a 
bunch of kids, but it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's cool. it could be a winner. It's fine. Yeah, <laughs> him and my grandma went to the first date at Disneyland. That's pretty cute. Yeah, there you go. So they were teens who already had kids and a prison record. <laughs> That's how it was. <laughs> it's fine. It's California, you know, crazy in the sixties. Yeah. Speaking of uh being crazy, I don't know. Here's <laughs> here's another here's another quote that I want to read from the next chapter is called Contacting the Other Side, and it is talking about how like the spirits are always hovering three feet above you and they want to send you messages, but most people can't hear them. Um and here's a quote that I love. By the way, it's it's no coincidence that so much spirit activity involves electrical objects and occurs during rainstorms or in the early morning hours before dawn. Electricity and water, in the form of rain or humidity or dew, are conductors of energy, after all, and spirits are energy. Conductors aren't essential to spirits' ability to visit us, but they can definitely make the trip between dimensions easier. There's also no coincidence in the fact that candles are such a traditional part of spiritual and religious rituals. It turns out that spirits are unable to see artificial lighting, but they'll <laughs> instantly spot and be attracted by candlelight. Can you believe? <laughs> I love that because like, that makes so much sense. Duh. <laughs> That's why you could see spirits back then before we had electricity. <laughs> now we ruined it. <laughs> This to me is extremely the part from the secret that's like, we don't know how electricity works, but we use it. Like, <laughs> but we Not use wrong. it, but spirits can't see it, but they can use it, but also light a candle. Like, okay. That's <laughs> fine. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's why seances have candles, not fluorescents. <laughs> it makes sense. <laughs> yeah. I can't see shit. Yeah, they're like, happening? I'm blind. This doesn't make any sense to me. That's only for vampires. <laughs> yeah. The candle thing did make me and my roommate laugh out loud in the car. And it is it this chapter was interesting from the perspective of someone who has thought a lot about and done a lot of writing and world building around the idea of like ghosts and ghost hunting and spiritual like and you were like got to do more candles. Yeah. <laughs> It's just it was is funny to me. I think I did it better than I think my world building was better than hers. But you know, <laughs> it made me think of the drill tweet that's like, "Help me with my budget. My family is dying." And then it's like, <laughs> rent five hundred dollars, food two hundred dollars, candles six thousand dollars. And that's why it's because he's trying to contact the other side. Yeah, I mean, obviously. Yeah, I'm been on a lot of ghost tours and those little sticks that move around they seem very popular with ghosts and those don't have any electricity so i don't know <laughs> seems suspicious <laughs> but also the emf readers or whatever yeah. those are working how's that supposed to work um well let's see though with the spirit box you got the radio waves ghosts love electricity but can't see it i guess i don't know <laughs> yeah it all checks out uh yeah no, was on ghost shows though. I, I could turn this into Kate's like ghost hunting information hour. I won't. Oh, I please won't. do. Well, that'll be a, a bonus episode on Patreon that we'll <laughs> talk about and then not actually do. Uh, but what I will talk about is my other favorite anecdote from this is she had a session with a woman named Bess who was like mysterious piles of coins keep appearing in my house help <laughs> yes. and then 
Sylvia was like, oh, yeah, there's this, like, she described this man, I forget, like, you know, some, like, handsome old man named Dan. Do you know him? And Bess is like, oh, my God, yeah, he was the love of my life, but then we ended up marrying other people. But now he, I think, has Parkinson's. He has yeah, something. he has Parkinson's. <laughs> we still love though. He's not yeah, dead. He's, yeah, he wasn't dead, but he was, like, very limited in his ability but in the astral world, he was perfectly able to creep around her house and leave piles of coins, which she <laughs> did not explain at all. She was like, oh, yes, it's Dan who has Parkinson's and loves you. But she wasn't like, <laughs> and that's, and he chooses to express it by leaving these coins. I'm like, where is he getting the coins from? Like, that was the intriguing part for? of it. And Sylvia yeah. was like, obviously. Anyway. Yeah, obviously, Dan. I, maybe they were her coins and he just moved them. But I'd like it if he brought her coins because that's better yeah. he's like girl you've been riding the bus a lot lately here's some here's some bus fare. <laughs> oh, yeah here's some gas money take your car to work today <laughs> he's like my my life path is winning and i got all these coins for you from mario <laughs> if i had the little mario coin sound effect on my soundboard i would play it but i don't oh, so yeah. just, maybe i can put it in post I anyway, love that it was the love of her life, but they didn't marry each other. So like, she has right. a husband. She fully has a husband or some like a wife who's like, who's the love of your life? Dan? Who's Dan? Like, <laughs> Dan has his own what, life. Not me. Like. <laughs> your spouse. Like, yeah. If I were Dan's wife, I'd be like, uh, babe, where's my coin pile? Yeah. Very <laughs> offended. I'd be like, why didn't you marry that bitch then? What about me? Your spouse? Like, what? bitch, where'd you astral project last night, huh? Yeah. Like, where have you been? <laughs> yeah, that brings up a whole. Is that cheating? Does that count? <laughs> Leaving coins for your ex? <laughs> I don't know. I'd be a little mad. I think I think it counts. <laughs> The next couple chapters I thought were like, again, like now my neck can relax a little bit because now we're like reading some sort of normal stuff. Yes. <laughs> I relatively because the next couple chapters are forgiveness and joy and guilt. And they're sort of more like generally good emotional advice about like forgiveness is, you know, you don't owe anyone forgiveness, but it's ultimately better for you if you can forgive and like. Da, 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 da. and i'm like yeah okay yeah it was it was very you know i was like okay like this is this is fine and normal and then like she'd come out of it you know there'd be like several paragraphs where you're like yeah like you're right like forgiveness is like a way to like spiritually heal yourself from you know after undergoing trauma and then she's like and my spirit guide francine and i'm like oh right right that's the book we're listening to okay i <laughs> forgot for a minute but here we are again with Francine. Yeah. And like in the joy chapter, well, one quote I pulled from the joy chapter is joy and worry can't coexist, which is like, tell me you don't have anxiety without telling me. You don't have <laughs> I, I was like, like, wow, I will never be happy. Thanks, Sylvia. <laughs> I'm like, what? Yeah. I'm trying. I'm taking as much pressure as I can, but like, it's not. And she also was like, yeah, I'm like, you like, you would put, you put joy into your chart in advance. Like it was all the charts kept coming up, and I just I love them every time. I love it. I, but, but here's what I loved even more than the charts is the capital S capital M scanning machine. Yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> love it. Which when you check into heaven, you get scanned at the scanning. Well, let me read the let me read this so you'll get the whole thing. The scanning machine is one of our first stops on the other side, and in it we view in three-dimensional hologram form each and every instant of our lives, and if we like, the lives of our loved ones as well. 
And so you want to be sure to notice moments of joy so that they will be in your scanning machine. <laughs> you flag them for later. Yeah, you say, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't think you can spy on other people, though, too, because I definitely would go back and be like, all right, show me this person. All right, show me them next. Like, I want to see everyone's life. I'm going to stay there forever just watching everyone's just life. Scanning. <laughs> Yeah, show me who my husband was astral projecting with. <laughs> yes! I feel like, all right, what was he doing before we met? What was he, oh, he was doing that after we met? Like, I want to know what's up. What were my he, kids doing when I went around? Is he still leaving her coins after I was dead? Like, what the hell? Yeah, I'd be spending on everybody. If I could see everyone's life, yes, sign me up. I'm going to watch everyone on Earth's life. I'm curious. <laughs> Let's see. Oh, and then here is also in the guilt chapters when she talks about dark entities who are like <laughs> the bad people who have no guilt and they just like do fucked up. They cause problems on purpose uh, is their <laughs> their whole thing. And if you're a dark entity, here's where I felt like it could have gone into more detail and probably it's in another book. But if you're a dark entity, you don't get a chart and you just automatically are reborn as a baby instantly. And like, you don't get to pick your path. So then it's like, if then like, why? Well, dark entities go through the left door, specifically the left door. Right. They (laughs) come right back around to earth. (laughs) And her mom was a dark entity. Oh, yeah. So. Her mom sucks. We all know that. Everybody knows Celia's mom sucks. But they're not necessarily <laughs> people that are like in prison or whatever because their crimes are spiritual, not physical. Which I'm like, what? <laughs> yes. Your psychopaths, your sociopaths, you know, they use. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. But it's like she's so she spent like the previous seven chapters being like everyone has a chart and everyone can do this. But then immediately it's like, but dark entities don't have that. So like, what if you? What if I'm a dark entity? Then none of this advice is applicable to me. <laughs> True. And would you know? Would you know if you're a dark entity? Because like, what yeah. if you're just faking your guilt? You don't know. You're a psychopath or whatever. Like you're just going through life as a dark entity. Like. <laughs> I guess they probably don't have, like, anxiety or anything, so maybe Uh, that's the key. I guess my mental Uh. illness does help me out. I'm a good person. (laughs) Here's the thing. Quote, dark entities are rarely sneering, mustache-twirling monsters with beady eyes and an evil laugh. Only a small (laughs) fraction of them are in prison right now, and only a minority of them even have criminal records, because so much of their destruction is spiritual, but sadly, not illegal. <laughs> we wonder about like everyone in prison who's like, uh, you know, like a murderer or a pedophile. Like, are they not dark entities? Do they choose this for themselves? They put that on their chart. <laughs> they choose to murder wives. Totally like, what are they doing? Yikes. Yeah, because one of the past is victimizer. They chose that Ooh, one. Yeah. I mean, kind of messed up to choose that though. <laughs> kind of messed up to choose me. that though. <laughs> That's the experience. I mean, what are you experiencing though? The thrill of the kill? Like (laughs) just once. Just once. (laughs) Yeah. Here's what Sylvia Brown is saying. Abolish prisons and the charts will deal the charts will sort it all out eventually. Yeah, you chose it. You're learning from it. It's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Um she also here's a controversial quote. However you feel about Hillary Clinton, please don't <laughs> let politics influence your opinion of a saying she popularized. It really does take a village to raise a child. <laughs> yeah, I was like, when was this book written? <laughs> like, right? That's very applicable to 2016. 
it's 2000, which is like sort of later. This is one of her later ones. Oh, wow. I mean, yeah, yeah, Hillary Clinton, I guess, is relevant, but not, she did not even know what this would mean. (laughs) Yeah, right. 16 years later, it became a big deal. Yeah. Well, like Hillary's, she wrote a book called It Takes a Village to Raise a Child in like the early 90s. So, like, the saying, like, her that was around. And, like, even before Hillary ran for president, like, obviously, she had a bunch of haters because she's a woman. Yeah. <laughs> but also, she was not supportive of gay marriage back then. So, it takes a village, but a specific village. I mean. <laughs> yeah. But, no, I mean, back then, like, no one, no one was really. It was. Yeah. It wasn't common. But Bill Clinton did for sure say it was between a man and a wife. Yeah. Bill Clinton has a lot of flaws. Well, Bill Clinton chose his chart and he chose his path, and he chose exactly, exactly. He He learned from it, and when he goes back to home, he'll be fine. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I'm not here. I'm not out here saying that either of the Clintons are actually good people, but just like politics were so different back then that like there were a lot of things that both of them did for the queer community that were like intensely important. That just like now they look very stupid because of how far we've gone. But you know, yeah. back then it was a big deal. Yeah, yeah back yeah, then it was were... it was cool. To yeah, do, revolutionary. To, back then, don't really. ask, don't tell. Yeah. cool. I mean, it was yeah, a big it was yeah, a big yeah, step yeah. forward, like from what it was yeah. before. It's not ideal, but it wasn't it. It seems stupid now. This isn't a politics podcast. No one cares. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. However you feel about Hillary Clinton, please don't let politics influence your opinion. <laughs> village, yes. Don't let the politics influence your opinion of a politician. <laughs> That's her job. Um, here's something that I think was definitively written pre-Doc McStuffins. If your child... If your child ever describes their imaginary friend as having an injury, it's a red flag. That friend is an earthbound or ghost. Once we make a full transition to the other side, we're whole and perfect and injuries simply don't exist. Yeah, that part was wild. <laughs> yeah, which I'm almost like, I wish I had an imaginary friend. I, know. I guess I wasn't that cool of a child. <laughs> I made up an imaginary friend just to fit in because I was like, everyone else has one. I don't know. Who did you go to school with? <laughs> People with imaginary friends? I don't know. <laughs> I bet she's going to spell for me. I don't know. But also it's like, okay, but... People are born differently, Sylvia. Like, not everyone's going to be born perfect. You know? Like, no, injuries are fake. <laughs> You're earth. Yeah. Yeah. This is where she definitely dips back into some light ableism. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but at the same, and the flip side, a lot of what she says in the children's chapter I thought was really nice about like how you should respect a child's feelings and like listen to them and validate them. And if they're, imaginary friend is all burnt up they are a ghost and you do need to cleanse them (laughs) yeah it's great parenting (laughs) you know it's like continuing this like really interesting like you know yeah children should have agency yeah like you are making a lot of good points in this book i think at some point in here um i can't remember if it was in the relationships chapter or if it was earlier we breezed past it where you know, and there is like we haven't actually been talking a lot of like the God and Jesus in this book, but there is a lot of like every chapter oh. ends with an affirmation that you're supposed to do this like meditative exercise during when you open yourself up to God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. Like there is a lot more Jesus in this book than we are covering. And despite <laughs> that, like somewhere in the past couple ones 
past couple chapters or maybe in the chapter to come, she's talking about how like, you know, there's good stuff in the Bible, but like, don't let the Bible dictate everything because like people will tell you that just because the Bible says like, don't be gay, like, you know, she pulls like the Leviticus stuff that, you know, every, every was popularized by fucking internet chain mail in the early nineties and then the West wing and everything else. But it, it was surprising to me that that was the tact that she, I was waiting for it and to have her go like, yeah, like it doesn't matter if people are gay or not, like let's move on. I was like, Oh, that's unexpected and nice actually. Yeah. That yeah. Part was refreshing. Yeah. I liked how much I like that. She would probably be good against internet trolls nowadays. If she was alive, she would just be like, Oh, you want to quote the Bible? Let me talk to the Bible about you. Like, <laughs> she knows so much. I, someone who's never read the Bible, I was like, wow, you do know how to quote it. I just, <laughs> I'll do whatever you say. I've never read it. I only know about it from literature. Yeah, there's also a part where when she's talking about, like, your chart, how she's like, of course. Oh, and also, as a gay millennial, every time she said your chart, I'm not an astrology gay, but I was like... <laughs> oh, this is the context that I'm used to hearing this terminology in and I need to refocus myself. But she, she goes off about how like, oh, uh, you know, Jesus's chart was perfect, of course. And like, there are some people who are perfect and will never be reborn. Jesus is one of them because like his chart, it was like fucking excellent. No revisions needed, like no flaws, no issues. He led, which to me is very funny if you like take into account that Jesus really only spent like three years preaching because it does feel like a very like, oh shit, I left it until the last minute and now like my exit strategy is coming up and I gotta cram all of this in that I wrote in my chart in the next three years so that I am done on time and yeah, nailed it. You know what? That makes Jesus a lot more relatable. (laughs) If I may quote Ms. Brown, To say that Jesus is the exception to almost every human rule is a gross understatement. Like all of us, though, he did write a detailed chart, a life's purpose, before he came here that he knew he had to fulfill, despite a moment of understandable weakness. I mean, yeah, I guess we can't all be Jesus, can't all write the perfect chart the first time. (laughs) (laughs) Literally. Not all of us can die on a cross, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. And then the last two chapters are relationships and family and friends. And again, like, I liked a lot of this. And especially I liked that, I mean, for starters, like, she is very openly, like, I've been married four times. I've been divorced. Like, I'm not, like, relationships aren't my strong suit. Like, clearly in this life, I'm, like, trying to learn more about that or whatever, But she is like, it's better to not have any relationship than to have a bad one. And, you know, your soulmate probably isn't a relationship, like a romantic relationship. Your soulmate might be a parent or a friend or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, I'm into that. Yeah. And she gives during that, like, there's this, like, very long metaphor about, like, cars. Oh, I see. Actually, (laughs) now that you have actually quoted that part in this document, where she talks Mm -hmm. about how, like, you know, if you, like, have your heart set on uh, this, you know, a very fancy car, but you're like, oh, but I need to have any car. And even though, like, the one I want would be, like, safe and have four doors and be, like, this color and that, like, just because you see a you know, 
beat up used car that has a tendency to explode and it you know is your favorite color that you want it doesn't mean you should settle for that like you should wait like and and wait for something that that suits you and fits you and is what you want and not just like rush to try to like have a car like I'm explaining this very, very poorly, but it was, it was a pretty much like, hey, like sometimes you need to be single. Like don't rush into getting into a relationship because you think you need to. Like wait until you find someone who checks all your boxes. Yeah. Sylvia says don't settle. Yeah. Which I was like, this is actually really solid relationship advice in a book about, you know, the other side. Like, Yeah. Because there's that whole bit about write down like all the points that are in your relationship. And if they make you upset, then maybe this isn't the person for you. But if you're okay with these points, then you got to keep her. I guess. <laughs> yeah. Like, wow. That's solid. Um, Probably. I mean, not realistic for everyone, but like, I like that she was like, Hey, not everyone needs to be married. Not everyone needs to have kids. That's not what everyone wants. And that's fine. And I was like, I mean, for back in the day, that's pretty revolutionary to say. Yeah. Back in the 2000s. Yes. Yeah. I mean, back in the 2000s, it was. As a four-year-old, I never heard that. So. Yeah, I was going to say, back when we were in high school, <laughs> longer ago than I like to think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're old. We've already passed several of our exit points. Yep. Don't worry about it. <laughs> So it's got fine. It. You so have maybe one more. It's totally normal. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but uh, it was. I mean, overall, like, if you take away all of the references to like psychic visions and going to the spirit world, and you know, talking to all of your dead relatives on the other side, because you can do that. Like, there is some like good solid advice in here, which I was. 100% not expecting. Truly. Yeah. yeah, we really are glossing over it. There is a lot of Jesus. And also each of these 10 chapters end with like a detailed, like kind of meditation exercise designed to like open you up to your past lives or whatever, which honestly, every one of them I I skimmed because I was just like, uh, oh, it's first of all, it's all in italics. And so my mind is like, <laughs> oh, italics. I don't have to read italics. What are you talking about? <laughs> So, yeah, there is a kernel. There is maybe, like, a 25%. Like, you can make a good, like, article. Yeah. I will say, that. in one of the early meditations, she's saying, how did, how is it put? Uh, a, a silver, a silver tube appears. Yeah. And we were on the highway, and I heard a silver tube of ears. <laughs> and if she was specifically talking about like listening at that point and I was like okay I guess that thematically makes sense that is a horrifying image I am hor- and I, so I said it out loud and my roommate was like that's not what she said and then it was all I could hear every other time that she mentioned it uh, just a big silver tube filled with ears listening to the universe I'd probably be able to picture that better though, than just like a random light Oh, for me, I'd be like, ears, yep, that's concrete. I got that. <laughs> they be listening. Yep, ears I could picture. I can imagine myself floating into a pile of ears or whatever she wants me to do. <laughs> I hope that's not what heaven or the afterlife is, just a pile of ears. No one complain. <laughs> but yeah, like, there's there's good stuff in here. Would I ever recommend you read this book? No. 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 There's You can get this much better from other places, but 
you know, I was I was pleasantly surprised by how much of it was, you know, le- legitimately good advice for how to deal with grief and life and relationships and, you know, stuff like that. Not so much the psychic visions of the world, the other side that's three feet above us all the time. <laughs> Not so much. No. Um. Yeah, Sydney and Delaney, do you have anything else to add before I move on to the dramatic readings? Uh, do we? <laughs> I mean, kind of just the same thing. There's like 30% of this book is like good advice. And then there's a bunch of like whack shit that could be taken out, I think. Oh, yeah. When I first read this, I did not know I was going to mention Jesus or God at all. And I grew up atheist. So I was just like, what is Delaney making me read? <laughs> and then I was like, I thought this was going to be a fun book about psychics. Like I was expecting ghosts and I like I wanted more crazy. And I was like, oh, okay, she has some good points. But like. Tell me more about my past life. Like, I want to hear some wild shit. Like, she was on a ghost hunter show about Toys R Us. What? Was it called Ghost yeah. R Us or something? Oh was the God. episode was called? <laughs> That's what I wanted to hear. And she yeah. played herself in the reenactment. That's what I was expecting. Yeah. I was expecting that kind of crazy. Like, I want to hear celebrity ghost stories, not, you know, how to deal with grief or whatever. That's just normal. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But really, not bad advice for a psychic yeah could be worse it could be a lot worse non-psychics give worse advice out still wanted sylvia to do one of my readings if she ever comes back to earth you know i'm gonna try to find her <laughs> you could check with her son he might know where she's at oh I sh- she was married to one of her sons in a past life so yeah, <laughs> yeah different and you're yeah different and lives. i was like oh that's a little weird okay. also she added the e to the end of her last name that was a choice she made which i just think mm. is funny Brown was one of her husband's last name, but she was like, I'm going to make it special. <laughs> I'm mad at E. She did make it special. Yeah, that's valid. All right. Are we ready to move on to dramatic readings? Let's do that. All right. I am going first. I am reading. I'm trying to recreate my whiplash when listening to this book <laughs> in my car with KL. So uh, here we go. There's no question, riding the dark horse of grief with someone you love isn't easy. But sadly, it's a challenge you're almost guaranteed to face in this lifetime. And even more sadly, it's just as likely that you're going to be that grieving loved one sooner or later. And anyone who's been through it will agree with me, I'm sure, that that's the hardest challenge of all. As I mentioned earlier, there are those who find it odd that I grieve at all, since I should be spiritual enough and psychic enough to know better. Does my grief mean I privately question the reality of the other side and the eternal lives of our spirits? Absolutely not. I don't just believe, I know these are simple, sacred truths. Even at my most decimated, my devout spirituality never wavers for an instant. As for my psychic gifts, yes, it is a fact that I have seen and heard thousands upon thousands of spirits and angels in my lifetime, and that will continue until the day I go capital H home and live among them again. I've made countless astral trips to capital T, capital O, capital S, the other side, and helped countless clients travel there as well. So I can guarantee that it's as real as, or even more real than, this earth we're visiting now. It was really, that was a wild ride that I went on, not knowing what this book was about or who it was about when I started listening to it. Some good stuff, though. (laughs) Yeah, I really just, you jump right into what she's about. Well, I guess I'm next. Mine is just some classic Jesus stuff. So neither Jesus nor any of the other great disciples whose presence has graced this world will 
ever need another incarnation on earth to accomplish all they intended. And please run screaming from anyone who claims to be the second coming of any of them. I think that's pretty valid. (laughs) No, I like cults. I don't know why she's complaining. (laughs) (laughs) I'll believe anyone who tells me that, Jesus. (laughs) There's a lot of them. (sighs) All right, well... My n- notation for dramatic reading actually reads like an Edward Gorey story because I just put Colleen, who was mauled by a lion in a past life. <laughs> Someone had to be. The best story. <laughs> it never ceases to amaze me that after all these years and all these regressions, there are still as many surprises in store for me as there are for my clients. If you saw my pay-per-view broadcast in June of this year, you saw me experience a career first. I was doing a past life regression on a heavyset blonde woman named Colleen, who recalled a previous incarnation in Africa that was ended by a lion attack in which the lion, like most big cats, started its kill with a fatal bite to her throat. She then began describing where she was and what she saw following that death. At first, she talked about green hills and a building of some kind with a thatched roof, and I assumed she was telling me about the other side, which so many clients do during their regressions. But before I knew it, she said she was in Ireland, watching the residents of that building. Women in white aprons. Children. Lots of children. No men around. Anywhere. And to Colleen's obvious sadness, while she could see these women and children so clearly, they couldn't see her. They never noticed her at all, as if she wasn't even there. She wanted very much to join them and be part of the group, but she knew that, for some reason, she couldn't do that, nor could she leave. She was stuck there, an outsider, seemingly invisible, desperately unhappy, and unable to leave for what she kept saying was, a long time, such a long time. It was all very confusing to her until I finally asked, would it mean anything to you if I said the word, earthbound? She simply replied, yes. In other words, Colleen was recalling a long ago lost hollow nightmare of being a ghost trapped between dimensions at an Irish Catholic orphanage. So much to unpack there. Oh my god. (laughs) (laughs) Colleen had some wild lives. (laughs) I mean, that's why I really wish I met Sylvia. I want to know. What has happened to me? (laughs) All right. Mine is honestly the best point I think she ever made. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So this is on page 183, day 184. You don't need me to tell you that the holidays, any holidays, can be difficult. You're already well aware that they're overly commercialized and that we're having Christmas in particular shoved in our faces earlier every year to the point where I won't be surprised if children start to believe Silent Night and Deck the Halls are traditional Halloween shopping songs. So that's just my thought of... um, let Halloween be, you know? Stop with the Christmas early. <laughs> you got a point there. Uh, yeah, no, I was like, Sylvia is really speaking to the choir here. <laughs> yeah. I've never agreed more with any point anyone's have ever made. <laughs> All right. Well, let's move on to reader's advisory and suggest some books to read instead of or in addition to Blessings from the Other Side by Sylvia Brown. I think that a good listen alike to this would probably be the episode we did about Zach Baggins memoir oh yeah yeah I was just thinking about that book (laughs) (laughs) and also of course a choose your own adventure 
classic. Yeah. Well, I think for me, if you want some just like actual good advice for grief without all the other stuff wedged in, I would recommend The Modern Loss Handbook by Rebecca Soffer uh, and or just the website modernloss.com, which the book is sort of based from the website. And then a couple other nonfiction books that are sort of like, you know, spirituality adjacent, but with a much more like thoughtful and less scammy lens that I would recommend would be Crystal Clear by Jaya Saxena, which is about like her love of crystals. But then each one is also like kind of a mini memoir essay about like a time in her life when a crystal helped her, like a history of a crystal. But they're like really thoughtful and interesting and cool. But also crystals are kind of cool, I think. Um, <laughs> and then uh, also White Magic by Elisa Washuda, which I I picked as my favorite book of the year last year. So if you listen to the best of the year episode, you already heard me talk about it. But it's just like incredibly written um, from a Native American woman talking kind of about white people's appropriation of Native things, but also about like her own relationship with traditions that she didn't necessarily grow up with. And it's just like really insightful and beautiful. And the other thing I want to recommend is the Sandman series by Neil Gaiman, because whenever she talked about heaven's hall of records, I just kept picturing dreams library and the dreaming. And I think that is cool. (laughs) Uh, yeah, I would like to add, so if you want like a realistic, like a scientific view of the afterlife, you can read Spook, um, Science Tackles the Afterlife by Mary Roach, which is just her looking into like scientists who actually try to solve the afterlife. And it's it's pretty wild. Yeah, and she has her own thing about reincarnation and stuff. And yeah, she does talk about reincarnation. It's hard to believe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She talks a lot about weighing tuberculosis patients as well. So that's a whole other thing. to find out how much the soul weighs basically (laughs) oh yeah yeah i would also probably recommend some kind of like eastern religions textbook or something like i know that i'm not really informed enough to talk definitively about like hinduism and buddhism but like i know there are other major world religions that believe in reincarnation and surely not like this though (laughs) yeah i think it's a bit more (laughs) Not as exact as Sylvia with the library and everything. Yeah. Yeah. I think she's got her own little spin on it. All right. Well, we'll have these and maybe some other ones up on our website, which is, of course, worstbestsellers.com. And now we'll move on to The Rock Paper Snicked, where Kate will say who Dwayne The Rock Johnson would be if he were in this book. And I'll say who Wolverine from X-Men would be if he were in this book. And Sydney and Delaney can choose which most enhances the book or they can choose paper, which is leave the book as is. Well, uh, if Dwayne The Rock Johnson were in this book, I can't help but think that he would be uh, taking a similar tact to my introduction to this book, which would be, you know, he'd be sitting down to talk to Sylvia about like forgiveness and guilt and grief in a totally normal way, the way that worst bestsellers version of Dwayne The Rock Johnson is very affirming and, uh, you know, in in touch with his own emotions and helping other people get in touch with theirs. Hey, I'm sorry. I have to interject. That is not just our version. That is the actual (laughs) Dwayne Johnson. Of course. Yes. Yes. 
And uh, then as she'd like be nodding along and agreeing with him and then say, yes, well, as my spirit guide, Francine has told me during my many trips to the afterlife, going through heaven's record halls and looking at the charts of people who I've consulted with uh, while astral projecting. And he would get wide eyed and uh, then like just like make up a call on his phone and get up and slowly back out of the room and leave (laughs) when he realized what he had gotten himself into. I think that if Wolverine met with Sylvia, which I do think would have to be organized by, you know, Jubilee or somebody else. Like, I don't think he's the one setting up this appointment, but for some reason he's meeting with Sylvia and she is like reading all this past lives. And she's like, wow, it's so violent. You're in, the civil war and you're in the war of 1812 and you're in the vietnam War. you were in every war and yet you don't even have any birthmarks to show you to show for all these wars and he'd be like yeah psych that was all this one life <laughs> and then i think he would just sort of like storm out of there without paying for her services but maybe maybe blow her mind a little bit that he had charted all of that in one life <laughs> <laughs> I mean, personally, I think I would pick Wolverine because I think he would teach a lot to Sylvia just because he is basically immortal and he'd be like, yeah, that was all one life. So maybe you should uh, rethink what you think is happening in the afterlife or whatever. I think that'd be good for her. Yeah, I agree. I think (laughs) I I might pick Wolverine. (laughs) It would truly blow Sylvia's mind. All right. Well, of course, we're all winners anyway, um, except for Sylvia, who inaccurately predicted her death. (laughs) (laughs) Now it is time for Duarte's Corner, where my cat Duarte shares his opinions about the book. Yeah, I mean, Dorothy, I think she does make some really good points about how all animals are psychic and see spirits, because I know that you can. (laughs) Yeah, I I think that, you know, she could have stood to expand a little bit more on that. But you know what? Maybe she was planning before her death on writing, you know, a a book just for for pets and cats specifically about how to better commune with the other side. Yeah, I didn't read her full bibliography. It's fully possible that she has. (laughs) (laughs) She has wrote like 40 books, so I'm sure she covered it at some point. I hope so. Because yeah. she does talk multiple times in here about Ali Khan that she loves her pets and how like multiple times she's like, I have a menagerie of pets, which, yeah. you know, I, Georgia, I think you are right that it's totally fine to just have one cat and give him all, all the treats, which is what I've opted to do in this current chart. But, you know, I'm sure Sylvia has, well, had... You know, I'm sure she had the room for like a lot of pets, and that's and good. In her that was good. Life, for her. She is just having one cat. Like, yeah, we don't know where she is right now. Yeah, she could be trying that out. Yeah. All right. Well, Dorothy, thanks as ever for your insights. Um, do any humans have any closing thoughts about blessings from the other side? I'll teach me to read the back of the book before I hit play next time. <laughs> This is so funny to me, Stella. I can't believe it. <laughs> it was very like, like, okay, full disclosure. I had forgotten that we were recording two episodes. And then I looked at the calendar and I was like, oh, shit. And I have a very yeah. busy couple days 
the past couple of days and I've not been feeling well. So, you know, like my roommate and I over the past two days have been driving around going to art fairs and stuff. So I was like, all right, I'm sorry that I'm going to make you do this. But since we're going to be in the car together for the next two days, I'm, we're going to have to listen to this book. Hey, don't apologize. She charted that for herself. <laughs> That's true. She chose it. You can't. So it was like very much a rush. Like, oh, good. She linked like right to the hoopla, like in the thing. Got it. Like clicked it, downloaded it, hit play. Did not do any. I like vaguely. You had mentioned like odds oh, about death, like in the email. So I was like, oh, it's probably like a self-help book or something. And was not was not expecting what came next. So it is on me. It is on me for not doing my homework until you know two days before it was due. Uh, well, I like I don't. I, I'm not mad at it or anything. Yes. I, it's very funny to me. And I also again like I really thought like you would be like, oh yeah, Sylvia Sylvia Brown. I know her from America's Most Wanted. Yeah, but that would that would have required me to read her name on the book cover. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, my closing thoughts, I do want to reiterate from the opening, it sounds like, despite how much we relatively enjoyed this book, it sounds like she did a lot of bad things in her life that, again, we do not condone. Do not be a racist police psychic, please. Yes. Yeah, I am so disappointed in Sylvia. I was so stoked on her when I first read this book. And then I read her Wikipedia page and found out she's such a fraud. Yeah. 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 <sighs> If only she was real. <laughs> if only she was real. <laughs> I meant to watch too. I read about uh, John Oliver did an episode on her. I think like after um, she died, and I only I read like the summary of the clip. I didn't watch the clip because I ran out of time. This is like the most like online thing. Like I read a tweet. I I read the summary of a YouTube <laughs> clip of a John Oliver episode, but he was like, "It's harmful that like she gave all this false hope to grieving families and blah blah and like." Yeah, that's also bad. And I think, like, probably for us reading this, like, we're like, oh, yeah, I can just sort of take this with a big grain of salt. But I definitely think that if you took everything she said so seriously, I think you could end up with some bad happenings in your life. So, yeah, don't condone it. But do condone approaching your grieving friends with concrete gestures. And approaching forgiveness as something that can be helping helpful to you emotionally to move through trauma but not until you're ready to do so and whatever you may think about hillary clinton it does take a village to raise a child <laughs> <laughs> you had that point. yeah hillary clinton's best point <laughs> yeah and and like i said at the top too like make sure to listen to the book call episode about this because they do talk more about like sylvia's whole deal and just you know also we still have a little bit of time left i'm surprised that between you two and kate nobody has talked about the conjuring yet because that did feel like i <laughs> i would love to talk about the conjuring i would always love to talk about the conjuring because uh, I never I, seen those movies, but I know in your episode you went on a Conjuring discussion. It does like, remind oh. me very much of the Conjuring. Because <laughs> what a nicer view of astral projection in this book than what happens in the Conjuring. I mean, yeah, this is a very pure form of astral projection. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no crazy lady keeping your kid hostage. I love it. <laughs> oh. All right. Well, Sydney and Delaney, um, thanks thanks for revisiting Sylvia Brown. Uh, it was a, a delight. 
I mean, not the worst book to revisit. <laughs> not that bad. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you know, and of course you did chart it. You charted that in order to like really True. process it, you would have to read it two times or yeah, at least rereading it. it. I really got yeah. so much more out of it. Sylvia's <laughs> message just really <laughs> it really hit home this time. Yeah, now yeah. I can't wait for my second time around. I've learned so much. <laughs> Not to dive into the, you know, the goodbyes here, but Sylvia Brown appeared on herself on the CBS television soap opera The Young and the Restless. (gasps) (laughs) I gotta watch that episode. In December 2006, which I have to imagine is because of her friendship with Lindsay Harrison, who she had already written two books with at that point. No, because Lindsay Harrison only wrote on it in 2013. It must be the opposite. Oh my god, I love that. (laughs) Damn, or Lindsay. Lindsay Harrison's LinkedIn is not up, up to date, but she, uh, oh my God. Love that. Huge. Okay. <laughs> I got to find this episode. <laughs> I want to know how she could actress, probably. Um, I mean, her whole shtick seems to be acting, so. Yeah, I'm saying yeah. she must yeah. be good yeah. at it. People <laughs> believed her. If we find the YouTube clip, we'll link to it on our website, which is worstbestsellers.com. We probably won't put it on our social media, but if we did, we're on Facebook and Instagram at Worst Bestsellers spelled normally. And then we're on Twitter at Worst Bestseller with no S because we charted it that way. Because <laughs> <laughs> we needed to learn a lesson in this lifetime about just like the value of that S and like what we can do to overcome not having the S. <laughs> and in our next life you'll be able to have a longer twitter name i bet mm-hmm. <laughs> uh we also have a goodreads group that you can get to by going to worstbestsellers.com and clicking on goodreads you can find us on spotify amazon music apple podcasts all of the places where you find podcasts and if you do find us there please subscribe and take a moment to rate and review when you rate and review it moves us up on the charts and makes it easier for new listeners to find us and i know that you will rate and review because i do know that you have charted it and <laughs> you wouldn't want to mess with that chart in the you know heaven's hall of records so we're just sitting here waiting patiently for you to do that for us uh we also have a patreon that you can access by going to patreon.com slash worst bestsellers patreon is a service where you pledge a small monthly recurring donation that goes to us to do things like keep our equipment up to date and run our web hosting and in response uh you get perks like a monthly newsletter that goes out and postcards and stickers in the mail We also have merch available that you can find by going to worstbestsellers.com and clicking on merch, where there are all sorts of designs from our podcast to wear on your body. You could even make them your ghost outfit and wear them in the afterlife. (laughs) And finally, we do have a Discord server that is also linked from worstbestsellers.com. And join us there to talk to other fans of the show about all sorts of whatever really anyone wants to talk about at any given moment. My God, I can't believe until just now that I've forgotten to mention that Kesha has a ghost show now that I haven't watched yet. What? Yeah, it's called Conjuring with Kesha. Um, Okay, off the air, I gotta get your Discovery password. Okay. 
because <laughs> that's is on discovery or i can get my own account maybe with our patreon money i guess anyway <laughs> if you want to come talk to me about my queen kesha i'm on twitter and instagram at renata snacks uh, and if you want to come talk to me about i mean the conjurings or mostly these days halloween well i don't know when this episode's coming out the conjurings i always want to talk about the conjurings you can find me at 14 across all right how about sydney and delaney where are you guys at um yeah so you can find our podcast book cult podcast on instagram and twitter at book cult podcast um we have a tiktok that delaney sometimes does stuff with and that's at book cult pod <laughs> our website is www.bookcultpod.wordpress.com because we haven't paid for an actual address yet <laughs> um and we're pretty much everywhere you can find podcasts i believe and if we're not there let us know and we'll try to be there <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> valid uh all right well yeah thank you again for joining us thanks everyone for listening and we'll be back in two weeks uh with wish you were here by rita may brown and sneaky pie brown who's a cat it's a cat mystery <laughs> Ooh. is excited so we'll we won't see you then and you won't see us then you'll hear us then yes because <laughs> that's how podcasts work correct i know that <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>